0: Well this this is a little bit awkward. I can see you, but I think we should take these off. This uh
1: I was going to do the whole show this way, but um All right, all right. I, th- I think we we got we got the bit.
0: Much better. I can see you. We've got our hair readjusted yeah, under yeah, the so uh gotta, headphones.
1: Got to tweak it tweak it all out. Welcome. This Welcome. is the this is a first episode. Number 1. Number 1. I, although should we have started? Should, should it be zero-based indexing here? Should we have You're started with zero? Right. This uh, is episode we make it, zero. It's A huge yeah. error. Yep. <laughs> um, I feel like we've already committed to the one, uh, hmm. but uh, I don't know. Just, we we might just have to go with it.
0: Zero slash one.
1: It's the uh, the week the week of the vision. Is that what they're saying? It was last week. Last week it came out Friday. Um, I, horrible I shame it wasn't
0: four years ago. Twenty twenty, the year <laughs> of the vision, like that would. A missed opportunity i think we can all agree
1: i got one you're you're still you're still holding out evaluating letting the seeing what happens i I had a little bit of drama getting mine um i you know first i did the whole thing where you get up at the exact moment where it's it's going on sale um although i'm on the east coast so that i think was actually like like an 8 a.m for me a little Mm -hmm. earlier for the west coast but you know Got my order and did the whole face scanning thing so that I got you know the first day delivery. And I'm watching, I'm watching that tracking number like like a hawk. Uh, I think they gave like an estimate maybe by 3 p.m. they would mm-hmm. have it delivered. 3 p.m. came and went. There was no there was no vision. I'm still watching, checking out. I have I have uh, one of those doorbell cameras. Um, I think it's a Google one, but like I have that right. the live video stream up on my computer while I'm working, watching. I have seen for a soul. the waiting for the uh, person. No one shows up. And then all of a sudden, I get a, 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 a bing saying it's been delivered. I'm like, what? what, what, what? And how, how, did, how did I miss this? And I go down. Mm. I can't find it anywhere. I, I look around, look to the neighbors, don't see anything. I pull up the uh, tracking number. And it says we have uh, you know, photo proof of delivery. I open up the photo, and there is a picture of my vision, but it's at a completely different house that I've never seen before. Um, and, uh, and and by the way, you're supposed to have to sign for this thing, but they've just left it somewhere that they've claimed, claimed as my house, but it doesn't look anything like my house. Uh, and so, and so began the journey and I eventually found it. It was, it was at some neighbors that they, that they left it apparently accidentally, but, uh,
0: but yeah, I've got it. I'm glad to see it. I, I saw it on your face and we're going to talk about that plenty, but before we do, we should probably say who the heck we are. Introductions. Let's see. I know I'm, you and you know me, but I'm uh, I'm Hunter Powers and you're I'm Daniel Bishop,
1: and we uh we we worked together at one point for uh, about three three ish years somewhere in that ballpark.
0: If we're looking at calendars or uh, passage of time, pretty something close to three. Either like way,
1: that. yeah. Um, and uh, we had a lot of discussions during that that those three years, and then we decided, why don't we uh, take those discussions and, and try to turn them into something? And here we are. Here we are,
0: with Um, Vision Pro and uh, a measly Quest Three. Measly, it may not be. mm, I Uh, I, I still. Yeah, uh, you've got both, so I I have both. We're gonna get into it. Um, but one thing about the uh, delivery—just before we even get into that—you mentioned that you were supposed to sign for this package. Did it say there was a signature? Was there like, Uh -uh. and here's your signature that you can see that you totally left for? No, but I
1: have had that happen before as well.
0: Uh, I've Um, had alcohol delivered to me. And they just leave it on the doorstep. Like at no point anymore do they actually make me sign for stuff.
1: I have had a certified letter delivered and they just like signed for me. The post office. It doesn't seem to. I don't know if they just really like don't want to have to come back out or they feel like they're doing you a favor. Like I don't really know where mm-hmm. where it sits. Where is it between laziness and like super, super attentive service?
0: We'll have to talk to a postmaster general about that. All right, That's episode, episode two.
1: Yeah. Which um, is either the
0: second or the third one. The
1: vision. So I think I messaged you uh, shortly after I got it. saying, I don't really know about this thing. Um,
0: and like a pretty quick first impression of,
1: "Eh." and that was based on one big thing, which is the quality of the pass through the pass through video. When you put it on to what degree are you seeing the real world around you? And it looks and it feels, and it smells just like the real world. Um, and this, I, I felt, was like something that was incredibly hyped up, uh, and people talked about. It. The pass through is incredible. Pass through is incredible, and yeah. I would agree that it's the best pass through I've ever seen. But it's only a little bit better than the Quest in in in, in the Quest uh, two, I guess.
0: Um, two or three,
1: three. Sorry, three. Okay, uh, I was going to say cause I've seen people leap.
0: talk about the two versus uh, the Apple Vision Pro. Obviously, a world of difference, but. I haven't heard anyone talking about the three versus yet. And it right. sounds like this is much more, dare I say, comparing apples to apples.
1: Someone else said that the quest three is a seven out of 10 and the vision is an eight or eight and a half out of 10. And I would agree with that assessment. It's a little bit better, but okay. it's not it's not mind blowing at all. And so it's going kind to of like, eh. Is
0: like, it a resolution it, thing or is it like so uh, this thing? my biggest complaint about the pass through which is barely one because it's a technological marvel i really truly yeah. believe so is if i want to look at something else like for example a phone or what have you or even just my hand anything significantly closer has like a aberration whatever you would call it around that where it, you know it almost looks like the light's kind of getting compressed uh, around the thing that is significantly closer than is in the background um is that still present in the uh, the Vision Pro or is there a different aspect that seems better or worse or different?
1: There are still some issues when things are very close to you. I haven't gone back to the Quest 3 yet since I've just been like full-on Vision. So I haven't I haven't gone back. And you know, there's okay. this thing, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this technology where when you're constantly using the latest, you don't always really notice the advances, but it's then when you go back after a period of time, you're like, "Ugh!" I noticed Absolutely. the most when I go to play like old, like retro video games, like go like play, play a Sega Genesis or something. And because I remember playing a Sega Genesis as a kid and it being super fast and smooth. And I go back. It's so the frame rate is so slow as things are moving around the screen. And it's, and and just the I guess like what feels like the lag and um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Going back, I feel like I can tell there's like been a huge increase in the speed and the quality of what we're doing. Uh, and so I, anyways, I wonder if I went back to the Quest 3. Maybe maybe I, I would look at that pass-through and say, what is this? Um, we're going to have uh, to
0: hop back into it. Maybe we'll I, do I uh, one of these in workrooms. You know, we'll be talking about meta and uh, the money that they've been shoveling into the furnace that is VR. <laughs>
1: It's a lot of money. I think it's it's 40, a lot. 40, it's a lot of money. $42 billion, uh, Well spent. Maybe it's a made up made up number. Um, so the pass-through is is again best in class, but it because the vision's very expensive. Mine was like four grand. Four grand with with taxes. And I got the, the carry bag. That's the only accessory I got. And I got the cheapest one. You could there mm-hmm. were two tiers above it. I got the cheapest one. And the carrying bag, carrying case for it, four grand with taxes. Um, So compared to the five hundred dollar Quest Three, the the pastor is just not there. Now, the um, the user experience is really good. The whole thing about like it just tracks your eyes, and then you find my camera here. You tap your fingers. It really works. Um, And very soon after doing that. I start like I found myself looking around on my computer screen, and like I would want to just start tapping, tap, 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 and drag, and push, and move. Um, it's a really natural user interface that I think they that they they nailed, and it works really well within the experience. So that's that's a good thing. Um, it's quintessential
0: Apple as well. Yeah. They seem to really have a slick, well thought out, it just works sort of interface.
1: Yes, there's definitely comparisons to be drawn between their sort of innovations with the iPhone and rethinking about how mobile phones should work or mobile computers, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, smartphones, I guess was probably the right term. Um, and their rethinking of how, I, uh, there's another thing, like what are you supposed to call it? Is it VR? Is it AR? Is it spatial computing? Spatial but, uh, computing. Their spatial computing interface should work. Um, They definitely have brought a level of uh, polish to that 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 previously wasn't there. So that's killer. Um, Let's talk another negative. Um, There's very little like virtual reality in the Apple Vision, and I like VR. I like going into virtual worlds and being able to walk around them, Um, and that kind of doesn't exist. We have. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't really exist. There are some things where you can be in an environment that kind of surrounds you, but it's not—it's—it's it's a a experience. It's not about just walking around. So it the whole like virtual worlds that you wander around, at least as of present, it doesn't exist. And perhaps that's partially related to the limitations of no controllers for navigating around these worlds. All you have is your, your right. fingers. It's designed
0: um, not to be a VR headset. Now. Yeah. I, I may not know what the difference between AR and spatial computing is. And I have a sneaking suspicion that there's not a big one, but it doesn't seem to be VR because virtual reality is you're in a different space. Yeah. probably have some controllers interact. You don't have to have controllers for certain kinds of VR experiences, of course, but, um, I feel like not even having that as an option, it makes a difference.
1: Right. And they do have this concept of environments, which is in a lot of different apps. Apps can even have their own sort of custom environments, All right? which are 3D, fully surround you environments that you can dial in and out. Um, but again, it's not about it interacting with the environment. And I guess that's a key differentiator. It's really just the background for using the application. That's what an environment is versus some interactive world that you are interacting with. So that's... That's a big negative for me, or it's something that I really like about VR that just isn't present. But now the thing that's, like, sells me on it, and why, like, there's zero chance I'm returning this thing, and I've been using it a ton oh. since, since since I purchased it. Okay. And that is the quality of the screens, which allow me, for the first time, to truly work in, in VR, in AR, in spatial computing, because I can project my display in front of me, and it's actually a really good monitor that I can write code on. And I've written like over the weekend, I probably spent 10 hours in, in, in VR, AR spatial computing. So I like the, um, uh, I turn one of the environments on. I like to, there's one where you're like sitting on top of a mountain and there's one where you're sitting beside a lake. I like those two environments. And then I like dialing it in. So like the front half of me is all of the environment. And then behind me is the real world. And I can just sit there working. Maybe I have another, a monitor above me like showing, I don't know, it's like a YouTube video or something or just playing some music or maybe it's mm-hmm. a concert and man, do I feel dialed in like when I'm there and working and every, all the rest of my world is just gone. And I'm focused on this one thing in front of me and focused in a way that I personally have like find it challenging to be that focused about something. Um, and I don't know, like, is it just a, a lure of something new or is this, you know, actually a,
0: A shift. It sounds like they're really pushing for this to be a shift and indeed the meta folks as well. They're really putting a lot of money and time and energy and so on into truly trying to make this something that we actually use. And I want to talk about that in a minute. But uh, before we get there, um, you mentioned that you're actually using this to do code. You have a floating window above you. Is this linked to your computer? Do you have to have a Mac? Can it be... Uh, a Windows remote desktop sort of thing? Maybe you don't know the answer to that, but like, how are you actually getting a window or multiple windows? Is there a VS Code native app for uh, the Apple Vision Pro? Yeah. How are you doing this? So I'm just projecting my
1: uh, MacBook display, um, which when you open your MacBook, a little bar appears above it in augmented reality that says connect and you just tap on it or or click tap your fingers and instantly it loads up. Um, There are development environments that can load in the browser, including VS Code. There's a version of VS Code that will load in the browser. So it is plausible that you could use that. But I'm using my Mac. So I have the full power of my Mac there. And I have every app that I'm used to using. It's just that I'm using it on a giant screen in this wonderful world where there are no distractions.
0: Do you see the regular Mac screen as well? Or does the spatial computing sort of wipe that away?
1: Well... um, so when you turn it on, your uh, regular Mac screens go to black. But oh, then what okay. I do again is I, I, I like to be in one of the, the virtual environments in the front half. So I don't see my computer screens. They're replaced with, again, like the, uh, uh, a beautifully rendered 3D uh, representation of the top of the mountains and clouds or I'm on this lake and it's kind of like raining a little bit. And by the way, as an an, an Easter egg, it, maybe the Easter egg in these environments, um, I noticed I, w- I was up on top of the mountains, and I said something loud, and I heard a faint echo. And they've actually modeled like the the mm. the reverb of being in the mountains. So if you if you say hello, you'll hear hello, 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 hello back. <laughs> um, so there, there's a, there's an attention to detail there. But yeah, so. I, when, when I'm using it, all I'm seeing is the virtual display in front of me. But I, you can see the real world, too. Just turn your little dial, and you'll, you'll see your virtual display in front of whatever it is you're looking at
0: in the real real world. All right. Uh, and you've tried. So you mentioned that this is something that you would actually sit and do work in. I know that you've tried doing this with the Quest 3 uh, in the Workrooms app. You want to talk about what the differences between the two are?
1: Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I've i had, I think, every Oculus starting with DK1, the Kickstarter. Um, and I've tried variations of it since then and several other VR headsets as well. And it's just that, again, it's the quality of the displays, the text rendering. It's, for me at least, in, including the uh, Quest 3, it's just not good enough. It's too fuzzy. There's, I can't get enough on the screen um in order to feel productive and i just feel frustrated by the experience the experience of of actually trying to get real work done and for me and i have seen some other opinions like on x where people are saying like nope still not good enough but for me it crosses that threshold and it's yeah this this is good enough and i mean i've I've done a lot of real work in it over these last couple of days
0: wow I mean, if you've been actually working this thing, you said about ten hours over the last few days. Uh, that's a significant chunk of time spent yeah. in in. Should we just say spent in space instead of fully saying spatial computing?
1: Maybe that works. I don't know. I still think of it as all the metaverse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I was thinking about this. You know, there's there's people who believe that like in the future we might live in the metaverse. Right? You've heard this this theory. Sure. This has zero appeal to me personally. I, I have no desire to live in the metaverse. Um, I'd much rather like live in the real world. But I, I realize that I do have a desire to work in the metaverse. And I think, it, especially for like, remote workers in a technology field, like, I would argue that we already work in the metaverse. It's just that we have kind of a crappy interface to it, which is this like one monitor that sits on our desk where we try to like control all of these things and interact with all of these things. But that, that monitor really is, yeah, again, a kind of crappy interface and this layer of, of abstraction between you and the technology. And I do believe that there is a future and that like we're getting closer and closer to it where we can do our work and it will make sense to do our work in the metaverse where we can be much closer to the, to the things that we're actually interacting with and working with. Um, and that this having a small window on your desk will seem really silly in like another 10 years.
0: You're going to see the end of monitors and people are just going to plop on the headset. You can see your coworkers next to you. You can write your code on the floating windows in front of you, all that and more
1: remote tech workers. Yes. Um,
0: maybe not like line cooks. I mean,
1: no, definitely not (laughs) immediately. Um, that's a, hard, that's a harder transition to kind of see and understand. But remote technology workers? Yeah. Yes. It's going to happen.
0: So last night, speaking of, like, working with coworkers uh, in VR, this is neither working nor with coworkers, but I did a VR paint night with my wife. Yeah. We're sitting on the same couch just a few feet away from each other, both of us Quest 3 using an app called Vermilion. Okay. And uh used the virtual environment as opposed to pass through uh and i could see the virtual version of my wife not actually where she was for some reason just decided to put her off to my right instead of my mm-hmm. left but i could see her her avatar and the painting that she was doing and i could kind of hear the like youtube video that it had that we were both watching uh to paint along to and it's not working she's not my coworker she's my wife mm-hmm. but still having this sense of presence where she could have been in a different location she happened to be 2 feet to my left but she could have been somewhere else and being able to do these sort of social experiences i think uh, are one of the things that to me are a huge draw to vr and i think that sort of begs the question if i can work in spatial computing in in space whatever we want to call it. Is that going to be enough? Uh, I I realize a MacBook Pro can cost, certainly can cost north of $4,000. But are people going to want to prefer having one of these headsets to a computer? Would you rather just have a keyboard accessory and literally not have a computer? Maybe everything's done in the cloud at that point. And that could be used for work, but still... Even if you can talk to people socially and have, like, meetings, yeah, are you going to get to play in it? And I don't necessarily mean play games. I mean play in a sense of be social. Do you know anything about the current state of things or where you want it to be?
1: Well, I think there is a large contingent of people today that their only computer is their phone. And... People from all walks of, of society, and it's, I don't think it's, it's strictly an income-driven thing that you don't have a computer. I think there are people at all income levels making the active choice that, like, I no longer I – don't, I don't need a computer. Um, like, my phone my phone is all I need. And, again, it depends. But, like, that, that segment of society, society exists today, and I think it's reasonable to suggest that there will be a point in the future where that phone is just replaced with a pair of glasses, Um, or, yeah, I mean, still gotta like, there's the whole thing about wearing something on your face. And I guess eventually the glasses become uh, contact lenses or whatever. But let's just at a minimum, say a large segment of the people that are currently only using a phone, a segment that we imagine would only grow over time, because the phones become more and more capable and become closer and closer to the experience of the computer. Um, but that the experience of just looking through it and having it in front of you and having it being ever-present and being able to interoperate with the world that you're seeing around you is just so much a better experience that it makes sense that it will it will
0: replace it. In those lines, are there apps on the Vision Pro that are iPhone apps? Can you do messaging? Can you send an email? I don't mean open up like a browser and go to Gmail and then send it from there. Is there a vision email app or a texting app or WhatsApp on there or iMessage, I suppose?
1: Yeah, all of the basic Apple apps are on it. So you have Apple Mail and Apple mm-hmm. Messages. I didn't specifically look at WhatsApp. So the, but there aren't a lot of third-party native vision apps yet. There are a lot of iPhone and iPad apps that will run on it because it's the same architecture. So technically, it could support all of them, but uh, developers, uh, a lot of developers opted out of having their iPhone or iPad apps just directly run on the vision, whether it's uh, because um, they wanted time to improve the experience. They just didn't think it was good enough, or there's even some suggestion that some people like Spotify and Netflix and and YouTube may have been holding back their apps due to... uh, Uh, challenges working with Apple. It could have been political, basically, because they feel like Apple's taking too much of their money. There's certainly been a strong suggestion that that's the reason why certain apps like Spotify, like Netflix, like YouTube, do not exist on the vision. You can still access these things through the Safari browser, but there's no native app experience for uh, those and a lot of other things right now.
0: Right. Well, uh, I... Just today, a couple of hours before we started recording this, uh, signed up for a demo. So I'm at least going to go try this nice. this behemoth of a headset. We'll see how it is. Um I know I want to play games with a VR headset. We've played mini golf together. It's a lot of fun. I don't want that taken from me. You can't take that putter out of my hands.
1: So I, I don't to... know if
0: I'd want to get or at least only have a headset. Yeah. That won't let you play games. And am I a two headset sort of person? Do we want there to be two headset people? I I feel like there needs to be one really good headset that you're going to wear. Like maybe some people uh, have their glasses and their sunglasses, depending on if they're outside. I don't know if people are going to have multi-thousand dollar devices for this is the games one and this is the work one. But time will well, tell, I'll I suppose. Well, will
1: give you a, uh, a theory there. So uh, one of the downsides of the Vision is that you have to carry around a battery pack with, with it. Um, there's, no, uh, there's no battery that's, that's within the headset, which is not normal today, right? Like the Quest. Now, all the, the Quest series have the battery built into the headband, uh, but sure. not the Apple device. Um, and they certainly could have. There's no reason they couldn't have put the battery into the back. Um, I mean, maybe from an aesthetic standpoint, it probably would have made it, it more comfortable and balanced on your head better had they. But is what it I a bit would forward heavy. It is. It, it is. It's definitely forward heavy, and you notice it. You notice it a lot comparison to the in comparison to the quest. At least I did when I first tried it. I've now gotten used to it. I don't think about it anymore. But it was very sure. prominent when I tried it. But here's the theory. Um, everyone's saying, yeah, just wait till like version two or version three, and Apple will get rid of this battery and you know it'll all just be in the headband. My theory is this isn't going away. And what they're going to do, I mean, it'll go away eventually, but it's not going away for a very, very, very long time. They're gonna start moving more and more of the compute into this device. Um, and that allows initially the headset to get lighter and lighter and lighter. And we all know sure. that eventually they wanna have just a pair of glasses on your head. And, but when we also know that the technology of having, to ha- having a, like an entire computer and GPUs and memory and hard drives and batteries all into a normal pair of sunglasses. Like at this point, we can't even fathom like where that is on the technology timeline. Right. But the idea that we have a pair of, we have uh, displays built into a normal pair of sunglasses that has a cable that connects to this box, which by the way, is funnily kind of the size of an iPhone.
0: You're already used to having one of those in your pocket.
1: That's completely plausible. Like that, that we can get there in 10 years, a pair of normal looking sunglasses with displays built into them that has a cable that plugs into your iPhone to then enable that sort of full spatial computing experience. Totally, totally believable. And then that also answers the question of you're like, well, I don't want to have multiple interfaces and all that. You have your iPhone for normal everyday usage. And then you just plug the cable into your glasses when you want your spatial and augmented experiences.
0: Maybe there's a Camelback version. You know, it's a, it's a backpack that you wear. That's for the real pro. You get the full MacBook pro experience, uh, a little extra oomph, but you know, you're wearing it under your shirt instead of in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Um, and I've also seen a, a lot of uh, discussions around, um, I mean, so we, we've spoken about it a lot. The Quest 3 is the obvious competitor to call out if, when you're trying to like compare it to something. Because it's the sure. second, it probably is the most widely adopted VR headset, uh, Quest in general. I don't know how the numbers break down between Quest 2 and Quest 3. Where are we on that adoption curve?
0: Right. Does there this... are plenty of other companies that have headsets too, sure. though. But you're right, their market share is fractional
1: and i guess that's because apparently what what's the number i had it written down is 42 42 billion that uh, meta has spent since 2020 on the what, what they call it uh, reality labs
0: and they just It'd be post- very curious to find out a breakdown of that
1: 42 billion, 42, yeah. the loss exceeded analysts' expectations, a total loss of $42 billion since 2020. And this is news because um, I guess they just came out with their quarterly numbers where they reported another $4.65 billion of loss specifically on Reality Labs. Like It's just hemorrhaging money. Um, and we assume that's because they're just spending tremendously on R&D and then selling these devices somewhere between at cost and and uh, a small loss.
0: The original Xbox was like that. Uh, it was not sold at a profit, at least not to start maybe eventually later in its life cycle. Uh, I believe they ended up making a profit, but, and I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I heard the original Xbox was not sold as a profit-making device. I think Meta, Apple, They're probably selling their set of profit. I certainly hope so. But um, I think Meta is really trying to make a seismic shift and be the leader of that shift in terms of how we seek out and get our entertainment or work apps or or what have you. And they see these operating losses as the first step, a necessary step, a painful one toward eventual tremendous amounts of profit um having used workrooms and used it with you yeah i i think we can both agree that most of those billions are not being spent on every aspect of the software development certainly not evenly across the whole system workrooms is
1: the virtual office kind of environment where you can talk to other people in avatar form and you've Mm -hmm. got a virtual whiteboard and you can project your monitors and
0: and it's I actually, fine. I mean, I
1: like it for a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's just, where's the innovation? It's, it hasn't changed since we started using it.
0: it that's right. Years and we've been using it for a while. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's where the money is being spent. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head, which is most of that tremendous amount of money is hardware R&D. Or maybe some of it's like lower levels of software. And they're trying to eke out every last millisecond that they possibly can. But uh, the majority of that has got to be in hardware. At least I certainly hope so, given how little increase we've seen in terms of the quality of some of the first party uh, experiences that they've offered.
1: So they've lost $42 billion so far. I mean, do you have any guess at how much they're willing to lose? We know. I mean, at one point, their board was just furious at Mark, but Mark famously has uh, control. He has super voting rights. They they can't fire Mark. So he's like, yeah, (laughs) I'm doing it anyways. Um, and, and maybe not quite so flippant, although uh, m- maybe exactly as flippant. Um, I guess it, it depends yeah. on where you are but I
0: mean you think they'd lose a hundred billion? There has to be a point at which they say at which I guess Mark says enough is enough, this is yeah. clearly not working. Um, it might have been in one of the notes that you sent me, but there was mention of sales of VR headsets are down year-over-year. 2023 had a significant drop in the sales. 40% drop. Have we already reached saturation? Is everybody that's going to get one already with one? I don't think that's the case. I think as the technology continues to improve, we're going to see more and more people find it a useful thing to have in their lives. Maybe the Apple Vision Pro is a different way of interacting with things, different enough that more people want one that they wouldn't want to Quest 3. Maybe not. But... All of that to say, this R&D at some point has to eventually end up with there being a profit, right? Um, And I think they can write off the $50 billion or however many billions and billions of dollars that this ends up being and almost say, okay, there's a a new slate this year. This is the year where we're actually going for, for profit. The same thing happens with lots of startups. You're not looking to make a profit in the first X number of years. You're looking to make a product, get the, the product market yeah. fit, get a lot of uh, mind share among all the people that are going to use this service that you're making that's going to change the world and then make a profit. So you're right. There is a point at which they say we lost too much money. This cannot continue. Even if Facebook, even if Meta continues to have money, we can't keep spending it on this. But until then, I think they're going to happily keep doing it Because they're not trying to be profitable yet. If they were trying to be profitable, they'd shut down R&D and they'd say the Quest 3 is as good as it's going to get. And we're going to have way less people actually making improvements to Workrooms or to Horizon Worlds or whatever it ends up being. Uh, And then it becomes a much leaner organization. They're actually trying to make a profit. But they're not trying to do that right now. So, right, there is to directly answer your question, at some point, maybe let's call it $100 billion, but... That's not what they're thinking about.
1: Well, the rest of their business is still booming. Uh, they just released their, right. their uh, financial numbers from Q4 of last year, where they did over $40 billion of revenue, um, huge increase in profit, uh, 6% increase year over year in active users. Um, and that's primarily Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Uh, those three properties seem to have um, some very long legs. And that definitely gives them a tremendous amount of cover should they need it. And it's not as if Apple doesn't have projects that are also just losing billions on billions. They just don't get it, tend to be talked about. but like the Apple car, how long has that been going on? and they've hired you know every car person uh, certainly in Silicon Valley and all around, right. stolen everyone and built giant research facilities. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that they've spent forty billion on their self-driving car. Oh, uh, and that's the one that got
0: canceled and then reinstated, or they're M- starting multiple it again times, or... multiple times, right, multiple times, right? right. A and zillion that started, dollars.
1: That started while Steve was still around, too. Like that's how long it's been going on. I, I, we wouldn't be surprised at all to learn that uh, they've, they've they've spent forty billion dollars on something that they may never release. Yeah. So maybe we're thinking about a rogue. I don't know. Uh, there are. Uh, wh- where do you sit? So, so over the weekend of this being released, there were uh, many shots, uh, videos, photographs of people walking around in the real world. Maybe even driving a Tesla. Lots of cyber tri- tra- cyber trucks. There seemed to be a, a, a connection there. Uh, it, it, is it appropriate to, to walk around in, in real life with your headset on? Do you walk around with your Quest Three on?
0: I do not walk around with my Quest Three on. But for the first time, less than a week ago, I saw someone, a child, uh, wearing a Quest 3 headset outdoors, like at a park. Just their dad was nearby and watching them. Uh, But a a child was like outdoors playing in VR. And uh, I found that absolutely wild. I never really considered this as an outdoor toy. This is an indoors toy in my mind. But, right, there have been some uh, pictures circulating around. I've heard some things like these are comedians or they are, like, people who specifically do stunts like this. I don't know if this is a true good faith. These are Did normal. Did
1: you think this kid was a, a comedian?
0: No. That kid was just – he was playing, you know, Fruit Ninja or who knows what uh, yeah. out in the real world. But I'm looking at the picture that you sent me now of the two people, like, out at a cafe eating with their headsets on. I would suspect something like that is a stunt. Uh, But I don't know if it will be forever.
1: Yeah, there there was some suggestion that uh, and specifically there's a lot of kind of like street fashion folks walking around Soho wearing these. Was this just a PR stunt? Was Apple paying models to walk around with uh, Apple visions on their head to get photographed to make it a more socially acceptable and b kind of cool? I don't think so, but it's not a horrible idea. It's not a horrible promotional
0: idea they wouldn't be the first supermodels paid to wear something in public.
1: Now you mentioned the, seeing the kid playing the quest outside. Um, now as someone, again, I really enjoy the like large virtual worlds where I can just walk around in the real world and my actions get mapped into the virtual world. And sometimes like finding enough space is challenging. So I can imagine that maybe why, or one reason why to seek out the larger, the larger space. Um, Another thing I've been thinking about though like with these large worlds and and, and what might be sort of a key use in case in, in building out these worlds and building out this sort of metaverse is, is the applications of generative AI to it. I think that that's sort of where we're heading in how we build all these things out. You um, agree? You don't agree? Keep the AI away from me.
0: I think so generative AI has a lot of heavy connotations with like large language models and yeah we'll certainly talk lots about that but generative in general yeah is something that's been in video games for example for a long time if we're going to talk about virtual worlds that you're walking around uh look at games like no man's sky where you've mm-hmm. you know, famously got this whole galaxy to explore and every single planet was not handmade by people there were algorithms that were made there were a couple of programs that are you know this one makes the plants and it has the parameters that can make the plants within and maybe it has to play nice with the other flora or the fauna or the planet or its atmosphere or what have you but like those are not being done completely by hand uh i would be highly highly surprised if the folks who are behind the sports games you know you have your fifas and so on if every spectator in the stands of every one of the stadiums that you can play in was placed and animated by hand. Surely those are being done in a generative way. And yeah. so I think when it comes to AR, VR, spatial computing, and so on, the future, uh, a future definitely does involve large language models, generative AI, people that you can talk to, or quests in a you know dungeon crawler being automatically generated by a fake dungeon master. I think all of that's going to happen, but a lot of the rest of it is populating the world with stuff. And that stuff doesn't have to be powered by Llama, too. It doesn't have to be GPT-4. It can just be a thing that's really good at making fake houses or knows where to put streets or Mm -hmm. you should have X orcs per square mile out in the wilderness.
1: I agree 100% on... um... Apple's uh, – they just had their uh, earnings call as well. Uh, Tim Cook specifically called out uh, generative AI as being a significant part of their future product offering with you know, big announcements to come later this year.
0: I um, hope so. Uh, have you used Siri or Alexa Siri or a Google Home?
1: Siri sucks. They're not great. It's worse, than, it's worse than not great. <laughs> They're not it's great. It's
0: bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: i don't i don't know if you watch uh, curb your enthusiasm at all uh they came back for i don't know their last season it's a very high number season but uh yelling at Siri was a, a prominent uh a prominent moment in the in the opening episode but it's just bad um google's assistant has been has in my mind has always been wildly better than Siri and, and it's not great.
0: I have a google home and Depending on exactly how I phrase it and which device happened to be listening, despite the fact that they're all on the same network, I'm not 100% sure this is true. I'm like 99% sure that this is true. I have uh, two speakers and like a Nest Hub Max, Mm -hmm. which really rolls off the tongue. Um, Depending on which of them or my phone was listening, if I ask my Hue lights to be turned down or to a specific setting, it'll do it or say, I don't know how to do that. I know it knows how to do that. It's done it before, please turn down the lights. Or maybe I didn't say the specific phrase for like activating queue. And that seems absolutely rife, ripe, ripe and or rife for generative AI, large language models to get in there and say, I understand what the person wants to do. That intent is known to me. I'm hooked up to all of your apps and your whole smart home. And I'll just make that thing work. And of course that's going to make its way into phones and yeah. our home devices and the rabbit r one and the, um, the little her style, like clip that you're going to put on. What's the name of that one?
1: Oh, the, it's pen, something pen or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've kind of dismissed that one. I did order that with the rabbit mainly just because oh, it was so cheap.
0: Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you order one? No, 200 bucks. I'm on the fence and I've looked at their like release notes of here's the things it can do and here's the things that it might be able to do in the future. Uh, It talks about travel as something that it can do. And then the way in the future is reservations. So if it, if it can't book travel for you, it can just talk about travel. Okay. Yes. Large language models can talk about, it sure would be neat to go to Paris and here's five things that you should do if you go there, but if you want a little device, whether it be your phone or, uh, you know, a Starfleet style pin that you tap a couple of times and, and just ask or any device in between, maybe it's the the goggles that you're wearing. You want to go from something that you can ask instead of just have a conversation with to ask and get something done out of, you know, like a smart home is supposed yeah. to do. Hey, turn down the lights. Hey, set my humidity level if i have a humidifier hey do this hey do that turn on this music and those are actions that pop out of that thing so i'm very curious what the rabbit is going to be like but looking at what it says that it's going to be able to do out of the box didn't seem like much other than chat with
1: i still don't really know what it is i just ordered it i got caught up in the hype and I ordered it. Um, it's designed by Teenage Engineering. I really like Teenage Engineering as a company.
0: They make very they make good some looking stuff.
1: Very good looking stuff. So I was, yeah. and and I don't own any of it yet. So this will be my first Teenage Engineering device. Cool. And then like every yeah, everyone was just talking about it. It was only $200 and there's no monthly fee. That's another thing. Everything now has a monthly fee. I,
0: I, Those API calls aren't free. Nothing so is I'm free. Curious. No
1: monthly fee. Yeah. Um. And there is a keynote where the CEO talks about it for about, I think it's like about a half an hour long. I can't watch it. I watch it for like two minutes. And I'm like, yeah, this is boring. I'm turning it off. So I, I really I'm still going to buy it. Is. I don't know what it is. I know it's like something, I don't, <laughs> do you talk to it? Is it just a talking to it thing? I saw one demo, like a video where it's talking to it. And it seemed really, really slow. And I don't, I know other people have said, why isn't this just an app? And I also don't understand why isn't this just an app? like, would I ever take this instead of my phone? And I know they have some idea that it's kind of controlling your phone, but I still don't get that either. Um, like it controls the Android apps. Does that mean you need to have an Android phone somewhere that it's controlling or they like, have some virtualized phone off in a server, which also brings back into question how is there no monthly fee if that is the case? I, I, I honestly don't. I just I was like, all right, $200. And I think sometime in March or April it'll show up and then I'll try to understand what it is.
0: I think we're going to see three years from now, a retrospective on the rabbit R one, and it's either going to be, and we learned all of these things and here's how the rabbit R two is going to actually change the world, or it's going to be, boy, that thing sure did crash and burn, but we learned a lot of lessons and here's a different product that'll meet more people's needs. But right. It's a small screen. It's got a camera. Um, I think like a button that you can talk to the chat GPT app has a talk to it feature and that's already hooked up to multiple I call them agents, call them what it functions, but like yeah. it can do th- some things already. So yeah, the big question is what is the rabbit going to do that chat GPT doesn't.
1: How is it better than an app on my phone? Mm-hmm. And I do think it's true today that you know, right, the app on your phone is better than the native assistant that's on there. That's where I guess what we were talking about earlier that the app, it's better than Google Assistant. It's better than Siri by a mile. Um, so it seems inevitable that they being Google and Apple will bring a similar generative model to their devices. Um, and that seems, I think that's what Rabbit's um, jumping off of is all the excitement and acceleration behind that. Um, and potentially once Apple and Google announce native support for that, um, that excitement will die down a little bit. But do you think the reason we haven't seen it thus far is just the, it costs a lot of money to run these large language models at scale. Is that why the adoption, I don't know, you could argue it's, it's happening really fast, but it still hasn't happened yet. Is that is that the holdup? Do we have to wait to, until these models can run locally on our, our devices to see them in our assistance?
0: There are local large language models already available, but you're right, like on a hardware requirements level, it still is prohibitively expensive to a lot of people. 10 years from now, the sort of GPUs that, everyone has as the latest and greatest and very, very expensive will be not (laughs) two years from now. They won't be. Uh, That's sort of how technology works. It keeps marching forward. But and there will be a point where what is today's latest and greatest would be able to fit onto a phone. Let's call that 10, whatever, 15 years from now. Um, But also everything's connected to the internet. Why make everybody have their own fairly expensive GPU when there can just be a cluster out somewhere that you're calling out to? Granted, this means that people are subscribed to more services and you're beholden to the usage constraints that these companies put up. A lot of people have complained that they can't do specific things with ChatGPT or it won't respond to certain kinds of requests in a certain way uh, that can be overly cautious. And so some people have tried to make some really raunchy large language models that you can have on your own home computer. I think there's a place for both. And I think from a hardware type perspective, you're looking at like a Rabbit R1 uh, or R2 or R3, or you know its successors, are you going to see something that everything is contained on that one object that has to run what currently would be a pretty beefy computer just to do an okay model? Or do you want the best results? And generally speaking, those best results are going to be on huge super clusters that are being run by one of three or four large corporations somewhere. And maybe we'll find in-betweens. Maybe people find a way to take uh, you know, some fine-tuning aspects like a LoRa and slap that on top of an API that's already coming to you. I-, I think there's a lot of room for people to find out different solutions to these things, but I don't know. Well, we know that Apple is
1: playing in the space. Um, they just recently released another paper. I think it was in a partnership with the University of California on something called, I guess, MGIE. Um, it's a multimodal guided image editing model. Um, it I sounds very calling calling Apple. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie? yeah, right. sure, Maggie. Um, it sounds very Apple-y, Where you just sort of describe, you know, the things you would want done to your pictures. Like you can, I can imagine using that within photos, on an iPhone. Um, They're definitely playing in this space. Uh, It's just a question of when they will deem the technology to be good enough and potentially cost-efficient enough if it needs to run locally on their hardware um, to bring it out. And and a lot of people are speculating that the next iOS release, uh, I believe that would be 18, is when we're going to see this. Um, And I guess Tim has said... That there will be a significant announcement later this year in this regard, so it's probably happening.
0: Sure, uh, we saw something very similar with like Photoshop. Photoshop now has some generative AI or yes, uh, you know, Stable Diffusion powered, whatever it is, powered uh, image editing tools incorporated into it. Apple has a bunch of software that they've got that these same sorts of tools could absolutely be integrated into. Microsoft has been making a big push for Microsoft Office having some generative capabilities. If you load up Google Docs, that has some generative AI-powered autocomplete stuff added in there. The core suite of Apple apps all having something like that, whether it be, uh, you know, movie editor, sound editing, uh, image editing, text creation, PowerPoint, or whatever the Apple equivalent there is uh, thereof is editing and creating and so on. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, these technologies worming their way into basically everything. Um, And that might sound a little scary, but each of them is going to be tuned to that one specific sort of use case. A specific example that I have for you. I opened up uh, Google Sheets the other day. Okay. And I was just making... It doesn't matter. I was making a fairly simple sheet and I added in two entries into a column. It was, uh, it was dates. And in the past, what you would do is you'd like select those two and then drag it down. And, oh, I realize this is dates. I'm not going to fill that in. As soon as I entered in the second date, it just filled in the rest of them. It just did that in a grayed out form. and said, hit tab or enter or whatever it was to like, accept this. It just made things a little bit faster and a little bit nicer and a little more convenient because it anticipated what my needs were and gave me a potential solution to them. I think that's a perfect use case for this kind of technology. And we're going to see it for, for Excel. We're going to see it for Doc. We're going to see it for PowerPoint. We're going to see it for, uh, for everything.
1: Well, I'll give, I'll give you an example uh, of a story right. that was in the news this week. Apparently, there's now a website... Uh, that will just generate your ID for you. You no longer need any form of identification. <laughs> you can be whoever you want. Apparently it's called only fake. Although it also appears to be down right now. So I don't know. I, I don't looked know around. I this.
0: couldn't find the website. Uh, I,
1: It's in the internet archive.
0: Okay. Um, so, All right. So it All right. must
1: have existed. Okay. We think, we think it must have existed. And so the idea here was that you can go to this website and it will generate a driver's license, a fake ID, a passport. And there are many things online that require you to verify your identity um, where you need to go through these, they call them, like, KYC processes, know your customer. Lots of banking and financial-related stuff. Um, It's certainly prominent in the uh, kind of crypto world where when they have regulations, they have to go through these processes of validating that who you're talking to is who you think you're talking to. But also, um, you know, uh, if you're a... um, a vendor and you want to register on AngelList to be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll paint your house for you, um, you've got to verify your identity. And they use these same providers where it, it's typically uh, you take a selfie and then you hold your driver's license up to the camera, take a picture of the driver's license, the software then compares the two, checks it against a federal database and says, yeah, seems like it's a real person.
0: So, I think what you just said was actually the crux of this. having read the the article about the um, the crypto exchange accepting yeah. this picture, they must not have been checking against a real database. There are federal or whatever you know any country is presumably going to have a database where all of the passports are. yeah like that that has to exist. I don't know this for a fact, but like it's got it has to. Uh, On a state level, I know these sorts of things aren't as national as they probably should be, but like each state is going to have their own database of the driver's licenses, for example. And so if you go to a crypto exchange and then you give them a picture, and maybe it also takes a picture off of a, a webcam or something, and that's what's being faked, you can say, yes, this picture of a person that was taken and this picture that... After a program looks and says that looks like a real QR code, this is the correct format that the passport should be in. I see the dots in a certain way that is indicative of the micro such and such that like a real passport should have. But that exchange couldn't have been asking, hey, the UK, is this a real passport? Yeah. And those kinds of things exist. There are background check companies who actually check this stuff so i think as amazing as it is that we can fake a very compelling looking passport people have been faking very compelling looking ids to get into bars since the time there have been ids this is just the continued arms race all you have to do is check you just have to check against the database so whatever future we're headed toward that future includes a Anytime that you've got an ID, it's nice that you have the physical thing, but we're going to actually ping the state national, whatever database and be like, is this a real person? And then look at the person. Yes, that has the right picture and so on. So it's scary that this site was created that can supposedly get past this, this uh, step of verification, but it can't have been very good verification in my mind.
1: I think that's a really good point. Um, thinking back to the fake ID example. You know, there were also a lot of, like, not very good fake IDs that were still just accepted. And sure. so it's like, it's nothing. If you really want to know the per- that the person's real, you can. And if you're only sort of, like, wink-winking, nudging to to do the validation because technically you have to. And so what's right. the absolute bare minimum? Um, like, yeah, nothing's changed in, in that regard. Uh, yeah, you
0: mentioned regulation for cryptos. Maybe they're regulated to having to check IDs in certain... Cases or to do business in certain countries. And so, yeah, they're checking that it's a real ID. Yes. (laughs) But not actually spending the $2 per person to actually check against the national database or whatever it ends up being.
1: Yes, it is more expensive when you do the database checks. And the database checks aren't available for every country. At least they weren't the last time I looked. I mean, U.S. has really good coverage on the databases. But once you get outside the U.S., there isn't nearly as much thing. So I can imagine... If I'm trying to fake some website to allow me to do something that let's just say you're not allowed to do in the U.S., I'm going to choose an obscure country, have it generate all my credentials. You're not going to be able to verify against it. Maybe you don't even want to. Uh, and it probably has a fairly I, high success rate. Do you hear about these these toothbrushes just to, 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 to pull, a, pull a 180 that apparently a bunch of toothbrushes were hacked?
0: All right. So we started this episode with me wearing a MetaQuest three i think it can be said fairly easily that i like technology yes that i am i i have some of the latest ish and greatest ish tech out there i'm a proponent of tech kind of in general i said i have a google home i said i a have a few lights i call me a cyber luddite i don't need toothbrushes that can become part of a botnet i just don't
1: Approximately 3 million smart toothbrushes running a Java-based operating system were hacked and formed into a botnet, according to sources.
0: I know the why. No, no. I know the how, and I know the why. The why is people wanted to have a botnet to do their nefarious deeds, and I know the how, which is bad security on your toothbrushes. (laughs) I want to know the other why, which is why... Why were there toothbrushes that could be connected to the internet at all? Why are toothbrushes running a Java? I'm I'm not knocking Java though; it is a terrible uh, language. Uh, in this particular case, I'm not knocking it. In general, I am. Uh, but like I, you know why? Why?
1: What What, what OS <laughs> does your your toothbrush run,
0: Daniel? now I'm curious. Um. Well, it. it I believe the article said that it was a Java-based operating system.
1: Yes, that's what it said.
0: Okay. Um, I don't know of, I mean, whatever the Linux kernel is that's underlying like Ubuntu or whatever, probably also, frankly, some sort of Unix-type kernel underlies Windows. I don't know what underlies Windows. I know it does for Mac as well. I don't think it's Java all the way down.
1: No, the story is a little fishy, but it's also a little funny. So, uh we're we're covering it here,
0: I suppose so. Still, do you have a uh, Wi-Fi enabled internet connected probably mining bitcoins for somebody toothbrush?
1: I don't, but I would. Like that's like just like I purchased the Rabbit like if if it got a little buzz, right. like everyone's buying it. It's got right. his AI built into it. What does it do? <laughs> what no does it, an fee?
0: AI toothbrush do? <laughs>
1: Well, obviously, it's going like, to help you brush your teeth better and maybe it can keep you informed while you're brushing them and giving you feedback and talking about the news. It could be your friend. You can Talking
0: have a... about the news, right. You yeah, just slap seems... a couple googly eyes on the stick end and then while you're brushing <laughs> yeah. your teeth.
1: Hey, did you hear? Well, I, have you, I don't know if you've ever tried those headphones that um, like don't have speakers and they just sort of vibrate your temples in order, bone conducting headphones. Yeah, have you... I have
0: uh, some aftershocks. Okay. They're great.
1: So maybe there could be teeth conducting headphones. And then so as you're brushing your bones, you're Mm -hmm. you're hearing, you know, a beautiful orchestral uh, rendering of something. I don't know.
0: It's better than the buzzing "Eh," sort of noise that you're usually getting. So
1: wait, wait for the next uh, CES. Um, But I guess that's the trend just to connect all of our devices. And it makes sense. They've been talking about it forever, forever being like many, many years. Every, everything gets connected, even your, uh, your washing machine. Someone, someone put a story up the other day that their washing machine, they are monitoring it, was consuming 3.7 gigs of data a day. And if you happen to not know, 3.7 gigs is a lot of data. Like How much data is like a, a, a movie, like a,
0: a full movie? Depends on the compression, but a couple of gigs or so. A couple of gigs. It's about a full movie.
1: Sure. You're, the washing machine is, is, is downloading uh, an entire movie every single day.
0: What can I say? It was bored. No, I think it was talking to all the toothbrushes. It's the washing machine talking to the toothbrushes. They're making their plans, mining their bitcoins, and netting their bots.
1: All right, Daniel. Uh, this has been an <laughs> uh, interesting conversation. And uh, I say we uh, we try to do it again next week. What do you think?
0: I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Hunter, it's been a pleasure.
1: All right, man our uh, our constant quest to see if indeed they are self-aware until uh, <laughs> until next time